Good morning again. My name is uh, Pastor Mark Marino, and it's my pleasure, a pleasure and privilege, don't say those two words together, uh, to be with you this morning, uh, to welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to enjoy the truth, the gospel truth, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yes, that is why we as Christians gather together regularly in worship. Every Sunday is a mini Easter, but today is the big old Easter, so uh, I'm glad that we're together, and, and we've been doing a series uh, called Gathered by the Cross, and today is the day known as Remember. Right? The theme for today is Remember. And uh, some of you uh, may be very, very good, again, with memory, and we kind of did this with the children's message this morning, that uh, you might be gifted with that ability to grab something and immediately access it. Uh, for from Ole Marino, I stand in front of my refrigerator with the door open, and I go, I don't remember why. I got here, I don't know what I'm doing here, and uh, anyway, I just eat something, and it's fine. But uh, I can't remember things very well at all, and so I need to uh, spend some extra time remembering all sorts of things. Well, here uh, I'm going to share with you a text, and it's the, the Easter resurrection story, and it's one that invites you and me to remember the truth of the historical nature of our faith that it's anchored in fact, it's objective. And so uh, we find ourselves here uh, with this reading. But on the first day of the week in early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood them in, by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground and the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the truth of Easter. The truth is, is that these women went to finish burying Jesus' body, they expected uh, to find actually a large stone at the entrance of the tomb. They really hadn't even made plans for how they were going to roll the stone away. But not only did they find the stone rolled away, but they found the grave's presumed occupant gone. And so, there they were faced with this incredible truth. And they were just starting to try to process it. So that's kind of where I'm going to pick up with our text today. So I'm going to ask the question just straight up, and you can be honest. Do you have trouble with memory? Do you have trouble remembering some of the most very basic parts of your day and your schedule? I mean, I think all of us do. Maybe, okay. Thank you for raising your hand, sir. Thank you. Everybody else here is lying to me, but that's okay. Um, so, yes, we all struggle with this, and... And I told you earlier that I stand in front of my refrigerator. Uh, actually, it's not even my refrigerator. It's somebody else's refrigerator, but that's another story. <laughs> my family isn't here just yet, right? They come later in the summer. And so um, 
At any rate, one day I'll have a refrigerator again and I'll stand in front of it. But in the meantime, I'll keep on distracting you from the main point of my sermon. And that is that we have trouble with memory. We have trouble remembering all sorts of things. Um, you know, some things we can forget and it's okay. It's not really that big of a deal. But try forgetting an anniversary. On second thought, don't try forgetting an anniversary. You don't want to do that. There are some things that are really, really important, and when you forget them, it sends the wrong message, sometimes to people or to a person, that it really doesn't matter to you. You really don't care. And I don't think that's the message that we want to convey. And so if you have trouble remembering, you're like many Americans, like many people all across the world, uh, because uh, we, we just simply can't hold on to it. We try really hard. And people, you've been so loving and kind to me, shaking my hand. I've been here for like two weeks. And, uh, you know, you tell me your name and, uh, you know, your kids' names. And as long as you stay in that exact same order, wearing those exact same clothes, we're cool. But if you, if you insist on changing or things like that, then it gets tougher. But I will, uh, God willing, start getting those names down a bit better. Because it's not that I don't care. I do. Uh, but there's a lot of you and there's one of me. So... Trouble remembering, right? Sometimes we have this. So how do we deal with it? Well, I know that a lot of us find uh, comfort in reminders, sticky notes, people. You know, we tell people, hey, don't let me forget about, you know. And so we kind of get people to buy into that. And so uh, I'm the kind of guy, when I have my phone on me, which I don't, um, I like to set one alarm, you know. There's the time, there's the day, boom, good to go. Um, and then after I use it, I delete it. And I start with a fresh alarm. That way, I never mix anything up. At least that's what I think. Now, there's somebody in my family. I'm not going to use her name. Uh, I love you, sweetheart. Um, she gets to watch on the live stream uh, from Florida. So, but she has like 50 trillion, roughly, alarms on the phone. Uh, and she never deletes anything. They're just stacked up one on top of the other. And, uh, but it's a system, and it works for her. But chances are, if I were to look through your phone, you'd have a few alarms. Uh, sometimes for event reminders, I put a second and a third alarm, you know, those kinds of things. And when we, those, those, those self, uh, fail-safe devices, when they fall through, then we're really in trouble, right? Uh, but we, we need these reminders constantly. And the whole reason why I'm starting off talking about the need for uh, real alarms and reminders is because, in many ways, our walk with God is a reminder. I don't know about you, but for me... Life can be hard. Sometimes I get mad. Sometimes I get depressed. Sometimes I uh, feel frustrated. Sometimes my own sin and brokenness kind of collapse on me. Sometimes as I look at people in my life and I see them hurting, it, it tears me apart. And when those things are happening, I need a reminder. As a matter of fact, in my, uh, uh, my desk, um, I have a little drawer and it's got note cards, little notes of encouragement that I've received over the years. Because there are some days that just plain stink and, uh, and we're, we're, we hit a wall, but it's wonderful to get those reminders. And I feel like when I come to church, I'm getting a reminder from God. And he's saying, oh, Marino, remember, it's not just you. You're not alone. There's other people who go through this. And guess what? Those people are actually connected to you through me. And oh, by the way, I love you and I forgive you. And I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to give you what you need to go on your way and to face all the challenges and obstacles because I'm not the kind of God that's going to ask you to do something and then not give you the ability to do it. I need that reminder. And I bet you do too. So how do we get here? How do we get to Easter Sunday 
Uh, well, the short answer is, is that it's a fulfillment of all the promises that God has made throughout Scripture. Folks in the Old Testament, man, you can imagine they were impatient. When is this salvation finally going to come? And then the Christ child is born, right? And then that child grows in wisdom and stature, Scripture says. And then that child, that man, Jesus, pours himself out on the cross. But it started back in our current discussion with Palm Sunday last week, a week ago. You saw the kids walking around with the cute little palms, and Jesus was riding into Jerusalem as a king. Hail Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, and that's what Jesus did. He did this to fulfill prophecy. He did this to demonstrate uh, that he knew he was going not to be crowned with a gold or silver crown, but a crown of thorns. And so Palm Sunday gives way. Later on in Holy Week, we get Monday, Thursday. Monday, by the way, is kind of from the... Uh, Latin verb uh, or command, um, a new command I give you, that you should love one another. And so Jesus celebrates the Last Supper. And there he gives of himself. And by the way, this ought not surprise us about God because he gives and he gives and he gives some more. And so there, in the bread and the wine, in his body and blood, he gives to us life, forgiveness, and salvation. This is what God does even at church every Sunday. He gives and he gives and he gives some more. So in the midst of that, late into the evening on Thursday and early on Friday morning, Jesus gets paraded around. It's a mockery of justice. He starts off at the Sanhedrin. He then makes his way over to Pilate, Herod, Pilate again. And um, eventually he's accused and convicted of a crime as an innocent man. And he's sentenced to death. And that's what Good Friday is. It's good because we get life, forgiveness, and salvation. And so Jesus pours himself out on the cross, and I thought the opening video just did a wonderful job of demonstrating, you know, dragging that heavy cross, that burden of our sin, and then put it to death. But today, today, brothers and sisters of Christ, is a celebration, it's a victory, it is dark turned to light, it is defeat turned to victory, it is a, a beautiful day to be a Christian, and to join our voices with all the Christians around the world to celebrate the goodness of God. That's what Easter Sunday is. It's a victory. And we don't often get victories, and I'm not just saying that as a Cubs fan. Um, Easter invites us to remember, to remember his love. And as a matter of fact, if you can think back to Easter's gone by, they're kind of a big deal, aren't they? I mean, don't you have pictures when you were a little kid in your Sunday dress or, you know, you're dressed with your tie and everything and, and you're all lined up and, and there's all the rituals of Easter, you know, an egg hunt. Uh, our family, we just hid whole baskets. It was a lot easier that way. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of lazy. Um, so, but we all have our thing, right? And Easter's a big deal. And maybe, maybe you don't go to church often. You know, maybe you go to church every Sunday. Uh, I don't know. But you're here for a reason. And I believe part of that reason is, is God is inviting us to remember. Remember his love, remember his presence, remember his power in our life. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we are faced with the idea of remembering, we're not sure what we remember. You know, and if I were to ask you a question this morning, what do you remember about Easter's gone by? What do you remember about God's promises to you? What do you remember as important moments in your life that were hard, 
that were great and everything in between. And you'd probably have a lot of answers for that. I have to admit, when I remember and I think back to my life, there's a lot of hard moments. When I remember, I think about some failure, I think about some hurt and some brokenness. I think about dark moments in my own life. Maybe you can remember that too. Maybe you wish you didn't remember it. Maybe you wish you could forget about it altogether, but you can't. You don't know a whole lot about me in the coming weeks and months and years ahead. You're going to know way too much about me. Uh, but I will tell you, by age 14, I was on my own. And that's not anybody's fault. You know, God used that as a way to form me and mold me. But my parents weren't terribly responsible, and uh, life wasn't terribly good. And I can remember some of those hard moments, uh, moments where I didn't have anything to eat, moments where nobody cared if I went to school, moments where I felt completely forgotten, not just by the people who were supposed to love me and take care of me, but by God himself. And I spent a good deal of my uh, adolescence pretty angry at God and pretty angry at just about anybody who I could yell at, which was about everybody. That being said, I bet you can relate to that in many respects. There have been times that you felt neglected and hurt and forgotten, and it, and it stinks. It's not a whole lot of fun. But for all that bad and that difficult stuff that we remember, I hope you remember some of the good. Because very rarely is anybody's life all bad or all good. And for me, in those dark moments, when my mind wanders, I just try not to make the mistake of staying there. Because that's the problem. Have you ever met a person who just lives in the past, who can remember, and they go back there, but they just stay there, and that's all they do? And it's not good for them. It's not good for me. So how then do we deal with that hurt? Well, I think scripture has a few answers for that. Three different times, at least, Jesus told his people, hey, this is going to be bad, okay? I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And that's what the angels are reminding the disciples of in our text, and the ladies. Don't you remember what he said? Here's what he said, Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. We're getting this. Sounds pretty obvious, doesn't it? Sounds pretty clear. There's no ambiguity there. Jesus <coughs> is saying, here's what's going to happen. Here's how God's plan of salvation is going to unfold in front of you in real time. But you know what? They needed a reminder. Matthew 17, one chapter later. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. They weren't distressed because he was going to rise again. They were distressed because they didn't want him to get hurt in the first place. That's Jesus giving another reminder. That's God reminding his people once again what he's going to do. You can imagine the angel standing there saying, how can you not get this? How can you not see this? How could you forget this so quickly? Matthew 20, 
still yet before our text today. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we're going up to the Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. They'll condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. I know you may not feel very sympathetic for these people. How could you not get this? It's so clear. But you know what? When things aren't going well in my life, I forget God's promises. When I'm so wrapped up about my own problems and my own struggles, I forget about God and his promises. There are times when I stood right across from my wife and I exchanged angry words. Why? Well, one, because I forgot in that moment that she's my wife whom I love, whom God has given to me as a gift. And that I'm a child of God made in his image and I should be treating my wife in a manner that's befitting of the gospel. I've done that with my kids. I've done that with strangers. I've done that with my brothers and my sisters and my parents. Right? And so have all of us. We forget. We forget how, how important relationships are. We forget how strong God's love for us is in those moments. We lose track of it. We get absent-minded. I'm going to encourage you work on your memory. I'm going to encourage you to look to God's promises. Because here in the text, we see this idea of remembering being pushed. And the Psalms are filled with this language. Remember the Lord your God. All the righteous and good things that he has done for you. His love for you. But what are some of those promises of God? Well, Jesus speaks the words in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. God promises to give you rest. And I'm not just talking about naps, although naps are glorious, I got to say. I mean, I've been in you know, Colorado for like two weeks. I go for a run. I'm sucking wind. Man, I can't breathe. Um, and I'm falling asleep at 8 o'clock. I don't know what this is about. Getting used to old age or something, I don't know. But not that anybody here is old or anything. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that we oftentimes find ourselves forgetting the promises of God. And God has said, I will give you rest. You know how you get stressed out and you get worried and you get depressed and you get angry? Come to me. I will cradle you in my arms, in my word, in my son Jesus. You will find meaning, purpose, and rest. Another promise he makes is in John 14, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let's face it, sometimes we feel forgotten by God. Sometimes we feel forgotten by the people in our lives who are supposed to be there for us. And what I want to tell you this day is on Easter Sunday and every day, God is declaring the fact that he does not forget about you. God is saying, I remember you, and more than that, I love you, and I will continue to be in your life. Even when you turn your back on me and walk away, still I will follow you. We have a relentless God. We have a God who is filled with love and one who will not forget his promises to you. For that, I give him thanks and praise. I'm going to close with a, a simple illustration here. I've used it at a number of funerals. Uh, many of you know that I'm a, a Navy chaplain serving in the reserves now, and... Um, I love being able to serve my country and, and serve my God, and I know many of you do as well. 
but I do a lot of funerals. And um, I often use the same illustration. The Gospel of Mark tells us when the uh, disciples got to the tomb that Jesus' grave cloths were lying there neatly folded. And there's an old Jewish tradition that goes something like this. If a master were dining at the table and a servant was uh, waiting on that master, there was some nonverbal communication that took place, and one of those things was the napkin. If the master balled up the napkin and threw it by the table, that meant, clear it off, I'm finished, you can clean things up. But if the master neatly folded the linen, even if the master got up and left, don't touch a thing, I'm not finished. Easter Sunday morning, the women go to the tomb. They tell the disciples what they see. They get there, and there are Jesus' grave clothes neatly folded. That was Jesus saying, I'm not done yet. I'm not finished. Death was not the end for me. And because death is not the end for me, it's not the end for you or any who call upon the name of the Lord. We have a hope. We have a future. Remember my promises because I won't forget them. This is what God declares to us regularly, loudly, strongly. I encourage you to remember that even on those dark days. Even those days where you want to crawl in a hole, Easter invites you to remember his love, his care for you. I pray you never forget about that. Don't let it go. As we conclude our time together, uh, again, may God's peace be with you. May his love hold you tight. I'm going to invite my brother Jeremy forward now for a time in prayer before we continue on in our worship.